Well, hey there, and welcome to the Black and White Podcast. I'm Denise Pass, along with my co-host, Micah Maddox, and this month we are celebrating the one-year birthday of Micah's book, Anchored In! Yeah! Yay! Oh, we can clap <laughs> I know, we need like, a sound effect. <laughs> oh, wait, i got to say the whole title, Anchored In, Experience a Powerful Life in a Problem-Filled World. Yes. You know, we live in a world that's full of problems, don't we? Yes. It doesn't matter who we are or where we look, we see problems all around us. But I cannot believe that it has been a whole year since my book came out. It's really, really amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm looking back over the past year and all that God has done. You know, I never dreamed of writing a book, but mm. here here we are a year later, and it's gotten into thousands of hands. Oh, and wow. when you go out to, you know, put your words out there on a page and think, will anybody buy it? Will anybody read it? And it's amazing how many lives have been changed through a simple message that God has given me. And it's, it's not my story. You know, a lot of times mm. we feel like, oh, I have to share my story because I have to share my story and maybe it will help someone else. And there is some truth in that. But what I'm learning, Denise, is it's all about God's story. Yes. That's what he's teaching me Amen. lately. You know, it's not about me, even if mm. I didn't share the details of my story, if I just shared about who Jesus is. Yes. That's enough to live anchored in. That's enough to help people see how to live anchored in Jesus. Amen. It's so simple. It's pointing them to Christ. And I've had the privilege of hearing you as you've presented this message, you know, live. And I've seen the impact that it's had on people. And it it's simply, you know, trying to help and point people to Christ. That's mm-hmm. what a lot that your book is about. And you know, we just completed uh, talking about uh, the launch of Shame Off You. And so to me, it seems so fitting. Here we are a year later to just take this some time this month, maybe one or two episodes. We'll see how long mm-hmm. these go. <laughs> To talk about some of the key points of living anchored in. You know, what does that mean? And we want to start just by sharing a simple truth from God's Word to kick off our discussion. It comes from Psalm 18, 1 through 6. This is the English Standard Version. It says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of shoal entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. Wow. I feel like we could just end the episode right there. (laughs) It's like, thank you, Lord, for the way that you give us your power in these difficult times, in these problems of life. You know, Mm -hmm. I travel a lot, and I talk to a lot of women, And every woman that I talk to has experienced some type of hard place that this psalmist, you know, is expressing. Like, Lord, Mm. from the depths of my soul, from the darkest place in my life, you are my rock. And that's that's the message that I want women to hear when they when they find my book anchored in, when they read it or when they see it. I want them to know that no matter how hard life is, God can be the anchor that holds them secure. Yes. You know, sometimes we doubt 
<laughs> we doubt in the dark, right? Yes. It's hard to see, but truly I've learned over and over and over again as I look back on my life that God is our firm and strong anchor. And as I listen to that psalm, there's so many things that I hear that I'm like, man, if we could just focus on those things about who God is, how changed our lives would be. You know, and what else stands out to me in that verse is where he cried out. Mm. I remember being at the most desperate place in my life, and I just didn't have the strength to cry out. Mm -hmm. But I needed God so desperately, and so I I bought a book (laughs) that was saying how to cry out to God. I'm like, I can't even (laughs) cry out. (laughs) But sometimes when you're so steeped in problems, it, it is so simple. It is coming before Him and crying out, but... We get so burdened and discouraged, you know, that I think we just would rather almost just bury ourselves in our problems, which obviously is not the answer. Right. Definitely not. But when we look at who God is, He's my rock, Mm -hmm. the psalmist says. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer, my God, my shield, my refuge. It's like, whoa. And on top of all that, the psalmist says, He hears me. It's like, man, sometimes we complicate it so much and we think, if I want to live anchored for Jesus, if I want to live a life that really, you know, represents and shows and proves his power to the world, maybe I need to do more. Or maybe, you know, I need to figure out this secret. You yes. know, I need to find the secret sauce. I don't mm-hmm. know about you, but I have people ask me all the time, <laughs> how do you get through these problems and still like you're like yes. honoring the Lord and you're mm-hmm. still on top side? And, and you know, it's not necessarily that I'm always on top side. That's mm-hmm. not it. But it's that I know where my power comes from. I know where my mm-hmm. strength comes from and, and I know that it's not for me. Yeah, it's Christ. A lot of people will say, there's just something about you. And I'm like, it's the Holy Spirit. I mean, I can't Mm -hmm. do this. There's nothing good in me. You know, but I think we've all had troubles, right? Mm -hmm. We all have our our times that are, people say, we got issues. (laughs) (laughs) The problem with that phrase is, you know, I think it can be minimalized or, but problems, I mean, we are in a fallen world, and Christ promised that we'd have troubles. Mm-hmm. The question is, if we really live what you're talking about anchored in, it isn't a religion. It isn't just a to-do list. It truly is abiding right. in Christ, you know, and that's in His Word and crying out to Him. And it doesn't happen just casually. You know, it's yeah. not like a slight commitment. Okay, I'm anchored in, you know. <laughs> right. It's, oh, God, I need you. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we have apathy, even in the Christian faith, that makes it difficult for us to be anchored in. It's true. It's it's truly a moment-by-moment, day-by-day, morning, noon, night, and in-between relationship. Yes. It's this, when any time in my life, not just the low times, mm-hmm. not just the problematic times, am I going to live anchored? Am I going to all of a sudden, oh, you know, here's my emergency prayer to God because I have nowhere else to turn. <laughs> you know, it's not about that. Yeah. It's about the day in, day out relationship, mm. really. So tell me a little bit about the process of learning to cling to Jesus as your anchor. So for me, this process of living anchored is a lifelong process. Mm -hmm. It's a lifelong lesson that I've had to learn, but it really started as a little girl. I was born in a pastor's home. Mm -hmm. And so from 
tiny little baby, my mom started teaching me Bible verses. And I was in church, you know, nine months before I was born. Yes. <laughs> my whole life. I've, I've been, somebody said the other day, um, I'm a drug baby. I've been drugged to church. since. I, I I'm like, I don't know if I should laugh or not. Is yeah. this funny? <laughs> like, wait a second. I use that analogy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't get it. I hadn't heard that one before. And they said, it's an old joke. And I'm like, I think that's a new joke to me. I don't yeah. know if it's really a joke. <laughs> anyway, when I was five years old, I sat under my dad's preaching. And I remember sitting there truly feeling and knowing that the Holy Spirit was speaking to my heart. You know, as much as a five-year-old could, I yes. did. And I knew that I needed Jesus. I knew that I had sinned. And I knew that I wanted to go to heaven. And so in the best way that I knew how, I confessed my sins and I asked the Lord to save me. And I made the decision, I'm going to use my life for Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. And about a year later... I woke up on a Sunday morning, and my mom got me and my brother ready for church like we always did. My dad had gone on to prepare the sermon at church. He always went early to church. And we loaded into the car, pulled into the church parking lot, and we realized that my dad's car was not in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. And so as we walked into the church office there where my dad's office was, there was a note on the desk for my dad. Mm. And, you know, it said something like, don't try to find me. You'll have a better life without me. And very quickly, my mom just wrapped her arms around me and my brother, knelt down, and she began crying out to God. Mm. And I didn't really understand what was happening. My brother started crying, and I was just in shock. You know, six-year-old little girl, I was just sitting there in shock, like, what exactly does this mean? There wasn't a finality in my mind that my dad was gone because I didn't understand what was going on at all. Um, And that day, my dad, he he abandoned the church. He abandoned faith. He abandoned our family. And I look back on that now, and I what I see is my mom's strength through Mm. that struggle through that hard time and I remember vividly her her prayers as she cried out and said Lord you're going to be with us and you're going to hold us steady and I think man she was anchored yes and I know that if she wouldn't have been anchored I know I wouldn't be anchored today so it's Mm. like this legacy thing you know that we got going on she she knew the truth she knew the truth would set us free she knew that's what would carry us through and so now here I am and if I look back on my life I see that as a little girl I didn't really deal with all that abandonment Mm. you know Mm. I didn't deal with it because it, it was too hard to deal with at that time right so I just kind of pushed it down, pressed it away, went on with my life. And then as a teenager, I didn't really deal with it. Because then again, you know, you're dealing with just teenage life. Mm -hmm. And I pretended my life was good. I pretended like it was okay. It wasn't really until I was an adult that I began to deal with the abandonment in my life. Mm. But the, the key here is that as I look back and I say, how did I find my anchor? Well, I really found my anchor, obviously in Jesus, but it was through my mother. Yes. It was through my mom. And what a challenge that is for me as a mom now, mm-hmm. you know, now as I face different things and struggles in my life, you know, I, I think if there's moms listening, I, I want you to know and hear loud and clear, 
you you hold an influence over your kids yes that you may never ever see the fruit of you may never really know but thankfully i've had the opportunity to share with my mom you know it's because of your decisions it's because of your prayers and the way i saw you read your bible and cry out to god that that i've made it that i've been able to live mm-hmm. anchored and now I've written a whole book about about living an anchored life because i saw it as an example in my home wow that is so powerful and just makes you realize the importance of walking faithfully with God, anchored in, in the middle of those seasons mm-hmm. of your life. I'm so grateful that your mom tenaciously held on to her faith. I know for me, uh, even as a little girl, similar, there's just so many similarities of God speaking, really what we could understand mm-hmm. at those ages, you know? Right. And then you get older and you're able to process it differently and think through the things you went through and understand them from a biblical perspective, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, wow, that's just an incredible testimony. You know, a lot of people would say we shouldn't look back, mm-hmm. you know, but only look forward, that we should move on with our lives. But in your book, you encourage us to look back at our past. What's the purpose you want readers to gain from looking back? You know, Denise, our past, it defines us. Some, mm-hmm. some people would say we shouldn't allow our past to define us, but we really can't avoid it. Right. You know, even, even in your book, I, was, I loved how much <laughs> some of our message kind of intertwines. Even in your book, you mention um, how our past defines us. And I want to read a little excerpt here sure. from Shame Off You. I'm on page 184. You say, I've heard it said that the past does not define us, but in reality, it does. But it is our response to the past that defines how we will live this Mm. life. The past shapes us. Will we walk in the abundant, grace-filled life that Christ has for us, free of shame? Or will we allow ourselves to be hindered by the pain and burdens of this life and let them define us? I'm like, Mm. man, how powerful are those questions? Are we going to let the shame of our past? Are we going to let the abandonment and the pain and the hurt of our past define us? Or are we going to let our response to those things define who we are? You know, so Mm -hmm. we know that our past kind of shapes us. Yes. It it really does. It, Mm -hmm. It develops how we think about things. It shows, you know, who we are. But here's, here's where it comes down to. I believe if we never look back on those things, if we never face the past, and we never deal with them. We will never be able to move on from them. We can say that we've left it in the past, mm-hmm. but we will consistently be faced with it again and again. It comes like a skeleton out of the closet when we least expect it. Right. Those struggles and those problems come back to haunt us. And I know this because I've lived it. Yes. You know, I tried to press it away as a child, as a teenager, even as an adult. And it really, for me, it wasn't until... I looked into the eyes of my own little six-year-old girl. Mm. I saw myself in those eyes, and I had to face it. I had to realize, man, my dad, the facts of my life are that my dad, who was a pastor, Mm. who claimed to be a godly man, made a big mistake. And he stepped out. He stepped away from the faith. He left me behind, and he didn't show the love that a father should show. I had to face all of those really hard things. And some people may say, why are you digging all that up? That's so hard. That's so painful. But for me to forgive my dad, 
Mm-hmm. I had to look that square in the face. And for me, that meant that meant reconnecting and talking to my dad. And go yeah. ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, but what you are really saying is you're not saying let's just go focus on the problem and look mm-hmm. at that. It is focusing on Christ through that problem. You know, you're right. looking at that problem and saying, God, what should I have as a view of this? Because I think if we just dig up old stuff and focus on that, that's not redeeming. Right. But when we see God, look what he can do. He can use what was meant for evil for good. What does he want us to learn from it? You know, and I think about, uh, I guess it was um, Jerry Falwell, who said the greatness of a man is by what it takes to discourage him. Mm. And I think a lot of times people focus on the problem and that discourages them. But if we focus on our anchor on Christ in that problem, Mm -hmm. we don't let it discourage us. There's the difference. And with my daughters, I've had to say, we're going to go to the past. I know this is hard. Mm. And we're going to look at what sin it actually developed in us. What was our response to the pain that happened to us? Because we don't want to let that become sin in us. You know, that's, right. that's where the past can shape us in a negative way unless we apprehend it and say, okay, yes, this hurt deeply, mm-hmm. but I don't have to respond in bitterness. I don't have to respond in a way that doesn't glorify God. God, help me to have your mindset. Yes. Help me to have your view. Right. Yes. I always tell people your past can be the very thing that is the springboard for experiencing God like never before, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because it can either draw us closer to God, and it can he really help us experience healing, or we're going to pull away from God. Yeah, we're going to push Him mm. away, push the anchor away, and drift farther and farther wow. and farther away. Well, so you write in your book, the power of God is not about avoiding the deep waters of life; it's about diving into them. How do we do that without feeling like we're drowning in our circumstances? Mm. Yeah, you know, our circumstances can quickly, quickly make us feel like we're gasping yes. for air, right? It's like, not another thing. I know even right now in the season of life that I'm in, I'm like, one more thing? Really? Really? Yes. But when I say dive into the deep waters of life, I don't mean that we saturate ourselves in our sea of problems. What I mean, again, is that we face the facts. It's not so much about becoming absorbed with the Mm -hmm. problems, but it's more about having the courage to look eye to eye with the reality of life rather than turning a blind eye and pretending it all away. You know, our culture is saturated with make every with making everyone think that everything's good. You know, so we we go on social media and we talk about our yes. good marriage, you know, and our our good children and our good <laughs> homes and our good schools and we we make all of these you know, promises and examples of good. Yes. But the reality is, if we kind of peel back those layers, mm. we're going to see that there's some marriages that are falling apart. Yes. <laughs> there's some children who are going astray. There's families mm-hmm. that have big issues. Our families have yes. big issues, yes. right? So I don't mean it sound like Debbie Downer, like, wah, wah, sure, wah. <laughs> We've got all these issues, but we've got to open our eyes to those mm-hmm. who are hurting and realize we're all hurting. And when we see that we're all hurting, we got to realize it's time to offer some real hope. Amen. And that hope is Jesus. But mm. until we acknowledge the need that we have in our life and we let God help us in that place of need, we're going to continue struggling storm after storm and we'll never really find the peace that we want or what the peace that I like to call God's power. 
Mm. It's so valuable to see and admit that we all have issues, Denise. Yes. You know, that we can't do this life in our own strength. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. Mm. Oh, yeah. I think you got more issues than I do. No. <laughs> Just kidding. Probably true. <laughs> no. We're all broken. We are. And, and see, we can forget because we've been saved for a while. And you mm. know, we start to think that that's us. Mm-hmm. It's only Christ manifesting in us. And I think you're so right about this. You know, Naming our problem and facing it with God's Word is the only way through a problem. Mm-hmm. Shame prevents us from doing so. But of course I would say that. <laughs> Shame on you, right? <laughs> but it takes humil- humility to admit our weaknesses. But we access God's strength and His power when we see our need for Him. We actually can't move on in our lives if we just pretend problems don't exist or refuse to face the elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. That elephant kind of crowds out life, you know? It sure does. It sure does. You know, so as... As we talk about living anchored in, the first thing I really want to just encourage every woman, every person that's listening Mm. to do is to look back on life and ask yourself a couple questions. First, is there unresolved issues in my life? Are there unresolved relationships? And you know, it doesn't always mean there's going to be reconciliation. You know, with my dad, there was never reconciliation. I was able to say, I forgive you and hear an apology, but there's not a relationship Mm -hmm. today. You know, I'm I'm sad to say, but that's just the reality of life. Mm -hmm. But that issue in my heart is resolved, if that makes sense. Amen. Yes. So first, are there unresolved issues or relationships? And then the second thing I would encourage people to do is look back and see what God has done Mm -hmm. in your life and celebrate the victories that He has brought you through. It's so important that we focused on we focus on the way that God has answered our prayers and the way that He has been our anchor in the oh, past. Definitely, you know, and God's people really have been forgetful for mm-hmm. years <laughs> since forever, and so are we. So what you're saying is so true. We have to remember, but when we we mark those moments in our lives and we see God interacting with us, mm-hmm. His presence enabling us, those moments of empowerment fuel us. To keep pressing on toward the future. You are so right, Denise. There's so many more things I could yes. share about Living Anchored In. In fact, I wrote a whole book about it. <laughs> yes, you did. And it is still available, people. Yes, You can is. go on any of the major retailers. And I would say if you haven't gotten this book, you really need to do yourself a favor and go get it. It is a great read. Thank you so much, Denise. Mm-hmm. So today, the radical grace is that whenever we are ready to deal with our past, God is ready to hear us. The raw truth is that God has been at work in our lives since the beginning. It's up to us to look back and see it. And the real hope is our past might be the one thing that draws us closer to God than ever before. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth.